Hello, everyone. My name is Bob Wagner. I'm with Everything Senior Care. We're going to be covering some uh, different topics as our podcasts grow. Uh, we will do a interview format. So hopefully uh, by different companies, uh, you're going to learn different things about senior care and the availabilities of programs uh, that hopefully uh, will enlighten you. Uh, and hopefully you can learn to make good choices for your loved one or for yourself. Our topic today is how to choose a hospice provider. Uh, choosing a hospice provider uh, for the patient is very important, although not necessarily as difficult as you might think. It just requires a little preparation to ensure that you can ask relevant questions that may affect the experiences of those involved. Most hospices offer the same basic services. Hospices that participate with Medicare and most do, provide the same basic services. However, there still may be differences between providers that make one a better choice for you over another. The best way to really know is to compare. An example, simple thought, is hospices are like tissue. There are different tissues out there, different qualities of tissue, and so that's the same with hospices. There are hospice, but there are differences in the hospice companies. Generally, with Medicare, the choices is limited only by the location of the patient in many communities. This means that there may be several providers from which to choose. However, some insurers other than Medicare may require you to first consider a preferred provider with which the insurance company has negotiated favorable rates in order to receive the full financial benefit of your policy. Medicare recently launched the website Hospice Compare, which provides lists and ratings of hospice providers in your community. Quality of care. At present, a hospice must meet state and local regulations for operating as a business, but accreditation for the quality of the care and services it provides is it voluntarily. Many hospice programs seek accreditation by joint commissions or by community health accreditation programs, agencies that measure a provider's quality of care against best practices and standards. However, lack of accreditation does not necessarily mean the quality of care is substandard. Narrow down your choices. There are many ways to determine which providers to consider. One of the best is by word of mouth, particularly if a relative or trusted friend will share their hospice experience. Often the hospital discharge planner or social worker will have a list of local programs. Your physician not only may have a list of providers, he or she may offer to share their professional experience with a hospice provider for you to take on to consideration. Once you know which provider or providers to consider, you can set up information appointments with one, some, or all. Conduct interviews. You should expect any potential hospice provider to send a representative to meet with the patient. If he or she is able and the family, loved one, main caregiver, in order to discuss the services provided and answer questions, Make sure there will be no charge for this visit and no obligations to choose that provider. 
If at all possible, prepare questions before the meeting so that you can concentrate on the answer. Questions to ask. What is a typical response time? If we need to reach someone at the hospice after normal business hours or on weekends or holidays, how quickly will a plan of care be developed for the individual by the hospice? How quickly can we expect pain and or symptoms to be managed? How quickly will the hospice respond if medications do not seem to be sufficiently addressing pain or symptoms? What does the hospice do when someone's pain cannot be adequately managed by, at home? If there is a need for inpatient care, how would that be addressed by the hospice? Are there any services, medications, or equipment that the hospice doesn't provide? What kind of out-of-pocket expense should the family anticipate? How often will the hospice team member visit and how long will most visits last? When the hospice order medications, when can it be picked up or is it delivered by the hospice? Do members of the team providing care have additional training and certifications for their hospice and palliative care skills? What is expected of a family caregiver? Will the hospice provide training to family caregivers? Can the hospice provide respite care to give family caregivers a break, and how does the hospice arrange that? What help do your hospice volunteers provide, and how can we request help from a volunteer? Does the hospice measure quality of care, and does it have any quality data it can share? What kind of bereavement support is offered by the hospice. If we are unhappy at, with some aspect of care with the hospice providing, who can we contact at the hospice? Consider what is important to you. Besides the answers to your specific questions, consider the chemistry or lack of with a hospice representative. Although that individual may not be someone directly involved with your care, you should feel comfortable with whomever the hospice has sent to make the first impression. As with any other important decision, try to take time to make an informed choice. Special considerations. One of the many reasons hospice has earned its reputation and its commitment to serving anyone medically eligible for services. This first became evident decades ago when hospices rose above the predominance of fear and ignorance of HIV and compassionately served people dying from AIDS. Today, you should expect a hospice to routinely care for people in the LGBT community, those with intellectual and developmental disabilities, and those who do not speak English. Look to the sidebar on the right to find resources of different communities. Hospice is set in services that we may all need someday, if not for ourselves, for our parents, siblings, spouses, or partners. While death is not an option for any of us, we do have choices about the services we use at the end of life. Hospice is undoubtedly the best option in the last months of life because it offers a whole variety of benefits, not only to those of us who are dying but also for those we leave behind. 
How do you find the most appropriate hospice? Until hospice quality data is readily and easily available for us all, the American Hospice Foundation offered some tips for choosing the most appropriate hospice. Answers to these questions will give you clues about quality of care and help you make an informed assessment. What do others say about this hospice? Get references both from people you know and from people out in the field. Local hospitals, nursing homes, clinicians, anyone that you have connections to, if they have had any experiences with a hospice and what their impressions are. Geriatric care managers or end-of-life doulas can be particularly good resources as they often hear from families about the care that was provided. Word of mouth won't paint a full picture, but information gathered from your community can provide insight. How long has this hospice been in operations? If it has been around for a while, that's an indication of stability and experience. Is this uh, hospice Medicare certified? Medicare certification is essential if the patient is Medicare beneficiary to permit reimbursement. Is the hospice accredited and, if required, state licensed? What is the expectations about the family's role in caregiving? See if what the hospice expects from the family members is consistent with what the family is able to do. What are the limits on treatment currently being received? Is there anything currently being done for the patient that a hospice under consideration would not be able to do? Can the hospice meet your specific needs? Mention any concerns the family or patient has about care and ask the hospice staff how they will address these concerns. Does the hospice offer extra services beyond those required? Some services fall into a gray area. They are not required by Medicare, but may be helpful to improve the comfort of a patient. An example is radiation and or chemotherapy for a cancer patient to reduce the size of a tumor and reduce pain. Some hospices would not be able to afford to do this, but others with deeper pockets could. How rapid is crisis response? If the family needs someone to come to the home at 3 a.m. on a Saturday, where would that person come from? What is the average response time? Does the hospice prepare families for death of a patient if there's not a member of the hospice team on site? Hospice care can be received in different types of settings, so a member of the hospice team may not always be on site immediately at the time of death. Ask the hospice what measures the hospice takes to prepare caregivers' families in the event the patient dies without a member of the team present. What are the options for inpatient care? Patients being cared for at home may need to go to an inpatient unit for management of complicated symptoms or to give their family a respite. Facilities can vary from the hospice having its own private inpatient unit to a lease bed in a hospital or nursing home. Visit the facilities if necessary to ensure that they are conveniently located and that you are comfortable with what they have to offer. In the family caregiving gets really exhausted 
can we get respite care? Caring for someone with a serious illness can be exhausting and at times challenging. In addition to home hospice care and inpatient care when symptoms prove unmanageable at home, hospices also offer respite care. Periodic breaks for the caregiver up to five days during which the patient is moved to an inpatient bed and continuous nursing care at home for the brief periods at the patient's home when family caregivers are unable to manage on their own. Ask the hospice under what conditions the hospice provides these types of care and about the limitations. Are their MDs or RN certified in palliative care? Not having it doesn't mean the staff is not competent as experience counts for a lot, but having this credential is an indication of specialized study in palliative medicine, nursing, and is a valuable asset. How are patient family concerns handled? Is there any clear process for sharing concerns with appropriate hospice staff and make sure they are addressed, including a process for escalation of the concern if not adequately addressed at the lower levels? How does a hospice measure and track quality? You're not looking for a lot of technical detail, just a response that indicates that the hospice evaluates its own performance in order to improve it. What are your general impression at initial contact? What is your reaction to the people you talk to? What kind of bereavement services does the hospice offer? Types of grief support can vary widely and may include individual counseling, support groups, education material, and outreach letters. These were some general questions to ask hospice companies. You may have a list of your own. The, the main thing is just interview, have a comfort, and then make that choice. And know that you're not tied to one hospice. If they fail and continue to fail after you alert them of their failures, then you have the right to change hospice companies. I hope this podcast today has been uh, at least a, a small tool to help you put together uh, your information and determine what hospice is best for you or your loved one. Keep checking our podcast out. We will be talking about many different topics, and hopefully um, it will help you in making decisions. Thank you for joining us today, and look forward to spending time with you next time.